Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com slash startups. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, November 2nd, the start of a new month. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litterst, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about ESPN's push into sports gambling. ESPN used to be truly the go-to source for sporting news, but the tides have changed, and now that old dog is looking for new tricks. Rob's got the story. But before we get into that, a couple quick headlines in tech and business. The U.S. Treasury sold a record $979 million worth of Series I bonds on Friday, the last day to buy them at the 9.62% rate. That rate is tied to inflation, and it reset yesterday back to 6.89%. A federal judge ruled that Penguin Random House cannot buy Simon & Schuster as it might decrease competition in book sales. That's part of a larger legal trend that's cracking down more on big mergers. Waymo is now offering autonomous taxi rides to and from the Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. Those rides are going to start with a passive driver in the seat, but in the weeks to come, the company says that those drivers will be removed altogether. Arizonian streets are pretty easy to navigate compared to other cities, but this is going to be a first major step and big test for autonomous technology moving forward. Speaking of cars, Uber is expanding its ads division. The company is reportedly testing out new push notification ads to users who aren't engaging with the app, and predictably, people are not so into that. Amazon Music is now offering full shuffle access to its 100 million song catalog ad-free as a part of its Prime membership. That's a bid to compete more rigorously with Spotify and other streaming platforms. And lastly, Disney announced that it is going to start offering deals for toys and merchandise through the Disney Plus app in an effort to integrate its streaming and merch businesses. And that really brings us to the meat of our conversation today because we are kind of talking about Disney. Well, we're talking about ESPN, which is owned by Disney, and they've got kind of an interesting decision on their hands here. Rob, what's the lead? Yeah, so earlier today, Axios broke the news that ESPN is seriously mulling a big-time licensing deal with DraftKings with No figures being stated. It's been speculated that this is going to be a really, really big deal. Hmm. And remind us what DraftKings is. Yeah. So DraftKings started out as a daily fantasy app that just kind of let people play daily fantasy sport games, Mm -hmm. but it's evolved into a total sports book at this point in the States where you're actually allowed to bet on sports. Hmm. So it'll allow you to just make like any old bet basically on a sport game. Hmm. So it's significant because ESPN has really kind of kept its distance from gambling for a while now. And I think from kind of more of a macro level, ESPN, which once called itself the worldwide leader in sports, and I think still does, doesn't really live up to that title anymore, thanks to a couple of really, really big shifts. 
Gambling is one of them. The rise of legalized gambling has really kind of changed the context with which a lot of fans engage with sports. And the other one is where young fans are getting their sports information from. When I was growing up, I literally woke up at like six o'clock and would watch the 6 a.m. Sports Center every single morning. It was yeah. like the first thing that I did every day. I loved watching Stuart Scott and John Anderson and Linda Cohn and all these anchors mm-hmm. talking about sports. These days, people just get all of their sports information from social media and from other sources. And there are a lot of media upstarts like Barstool Sports and The Ringer yeah. that have really kind of captured a lot of ESPN's audience and a lot of this younger demographic that is into gambling and talking about sports in kind of a more funny, satirical way. Hmm. And ESPN, I think, to a lot of people is kind of like seen as a lame old brand these days. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, they have to adhere to the network standards. They play it a little safer, maybe. It's funny because I'm not a huge sports guy, but I did also grow up watching SportsCenter with my dad. And like, you know, they had their own kind of bullshit. Like they would never be talking about sports. It was always like some drama, like, oh, this baseball player disrespected the clubhouse by like, you know, not running back into the dugout. He walked instead of ran in there, you know? Totally. (laughs) They would focus on all these kind of dramatic elements of sports rather than the actual games. Yeah. And it seems like kind of a natural progression for the whole barstool, ringer, kind of gossip-based sports media networks to emerge. Right. When I started watching SportsCenter when I was in elementary school, it was such a straightforward show. And I mean, I'm probably dating myself here, but all it was was highlights, basically, and the hosts talking through highlights and giving like really fun commentary to the highlights. And I totally fell in love with that. But over the years, the show became so much more about the drama in sports. And I mean, ESPN has been made fun of ad nauseum for this. But I mean, there will be like an entire week of SportsCenter where basically all they do is talk about LeBron James or about Tom Brady or Brett Favre or whoever like the hot button topic is Mm -hmm. of that day. And I mean, you add to that like their personalities these days. They have Stephen A. Smith. They used to have Skip (laughs) Bayless. And I mean, all these shows, it's basically like crossfire for sports. They're just arguing like at peak volume about silly mundane details of the sporting world. And I think a lot of people think that stuff is kind of funny and like, uh, oh, I can't believe how over the top that is way. But I think a lot of sports fans are just kind of like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to get my sports information from elsewhere because ESPN is just kind of absurd now. Totally. So you have this kind of changing of the guard in the sports media landscape. Where does the gambling element fall into all this? I think gambling has kind of always been a big part of sports. It was just kind of under the radar back in the day, right? And I think less people obviously gambled because it was totally illegal. But the early days of fantasy sports, you basically became the GM of an imaginary team that you drafted with your friends. And you would go up against your friends and have bragging rights if you won. And so I've been playing fantasy sports since I was in like sixth grade. So that's like one of the most fun ways to engage with sports. And alongside that came daily fantasy sports. And so if you don't want to play like a full season league of fantasy sports, what you can do on DraftKings and FanDuel is basically pick a new lineup every single day for whatever sport you're gambling on. And that gained a ton of steam over the last decade and became just way more pervasive among sports fans. And then as actual sports betting has become legalized, I think just the dialogue and discourse around sports has started to center way more Hmm. on gambling purposes. Like, hey, which one of these players is a sleeper and somebody that you could pick Hmm. in your fantasy league to blow up this year? Like a social element. It adds a social element. 
into sports. Exactly. It adds a social element. It adds kind of like these new speculative angles to like think about players. And it's just very different from the traditional cut and dry reporting that ESPN would do back in the day. And I think what people love is it just it's action, right? It's a chance for people to get in on the action and feel really tied to the game. And I mean, there are some really big sports fans in the world, right? That have like really wholesome, pure fanhoods. Mm. But I think gambling is a way for people to kind of replicate that intense fanhood, at least for the moment, because they're rooting very, very hard (laughs) for whoever it is that they bet on, right? And so that's become a lot more popular in the last decade. And as gambling has become legalized in some states, And you've seen a lot of these kind of smaller media companies adjust to that. And I mean, The Ringer, which is Bill Simmons' brainchild, Mm -hmm. has multiple shows that are completely dedicated to gambling. And he has his own podcast. It's probably the biggest sports podcast going right now. And he talks about gambling at least like once or twice a week in his episodes (laughs) at length. So like gambling is a huge part of his content repertoire. And then you have Barstool, which a ton of Barstool's content is about betting. They're actually owned by Penn, which is a casino. And so like they're super (laughs) tightly interwoven with the gambling world. And so you see these other players that are just going way deeper into gambling and are really kind of catering their content around that. And I think they're becoming a lot more interesting Hmm. than ESPN is. And, And I bet if you looked at the engagement, you would see it. So the deal we're talking about here that's being mulled over is between ESPN and DraftKings. Do we have any insight into what that might look like? So I think they're kind of broad strokes right now of what the deal might entail. And it's worth noting, they already have a marketing deal in place where ESPN links to DraftKings sportsbooks from the Mm. ESPN website. So if they're like, talking about gambling lines Mm -hmm. for a game, then they'll link to DraftKings Sportsbook for that. And and DraftKings pays them for access there. I think Caesars also pays ESPN for that as well. So ESPN has kind of a couple of partners in that regard. This licensing agreement, I think, would make that relationship a lot tighter. So DraftKings would be able to use ESPN's name in their app. I think ESPN would integrate DraftKings odds into its broadcasts to get them more exposure and drop the DraftKings logo like whenever they're talking about the line for a game. ESPN will also be able to offer a tighter integration with DraftKings Sportsbook. That could mean being able to sign into DraftKings with your ESPN login or something like that. But I think that's kind of what both sides are aiming for. DraftKings wants exposure to ESPN's huge audience, Hmm. and ESPN wants to give their audience easier access to gambling products without critical caveat here, without letting people gamble on ESPN's properties themselves. So this sounds like a great all-around partnership for both sides, but there is one big elephant in the room here, which is that ESPN is owned by Disney. Right. And obviously Disney is a family-friendly brand. They like to think of themselves as squeaky clean and they don't like to get involved with things like gambling, presumably. What are Disney's thoughts on this? How might Disney's ownership affect this partnership? Yeah, so Disney has this kind of long aversion to gambling. They have long forbidden casinos on their cruise ships, of which they have many. They refuse to license the Disney characters on slot machines. But in recent times, it seems like they're kind of warming up to the idea and are warming up to the sentiment of sports gambling, at least. So back in 2019, Disney finalized its acquisition of 21st Century Fox. And as part of that, they acquired a stake in DraftKings because 21st Century Fox had a stake in DraftKings. And so Disney is actually like a partial owner of DraftKings. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah. And and last month, CEO Bob Chapek actually admitted that gambling has become a big part of the sports lifestyle for younger fans. Those are the exact fans that ESPN is 
not attracting right now and wants to get in front of, those are the fans that are most likely to be going to these other kind of media upstarts to get all of their sports content. And a big reason why Disney is probably being willing to push further into gambling. Hmm. I think it's interesting because like you think about sentiment around sports gambling and it's been forbidden for so long, but I think it's kind of been like this slow burn where with fantasy sports and then daily fantasy sports, there's all of this debate around daily fantasy sports of like, is this sports gambling or not? Or is it just a game? Yeah. And I think like whether or not you solve that question, just the fact that you're asking it made a lot of people realize sports gambling isn't that big of a deal. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. People can get addicted to it and can have problems with it. But that's the same thing with something like alcohol. And I mean, you and I were slacking earlier about prohibition. I mean, I think almost 100 years ago, exactly, prohibition went into effect. And there's no legal drinking in the country for about 10 years. And (laughs) it's just sentiments changed. And this is kind of like a remnant of this moralistic American society that I think has really been changing lately in a lot of ways. Gambling is just one part of it. Well, all I want to know is when am I going to be able to place a bet on whether or not Mickey Mouse's copyright is going to expire? That's the next step for Disney. <laughs> I hope soon. I know. I honestly think an ESPN branded sports book at Disney World would absolutely kill it because you know there are so many dads <laughs> that are there that do not give a single shit about Mickey Mouse and just want to go watch the game. Very, very true. And honestly, like if they ever fully accept this, <laughs> that will be an absolute cash cow. Just create a gambling den at Disney World or something <laughs> for all the dads to go ahead. Exactly. Let all the degenerate dads just disappear <laughs> and, and go watch their games. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. You can find it over at thehustle.co slash email. We'll catch you all tomorrow.